So we went old school. All right, not so much old school as rare. Okay, rare and old school, but not necessarily expensive. We went with the Diamond Crown Figurado number six. If you can find one, well, then you're pretty lucky. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This, the, the, the Diamond Crown, and we're a big fan of the Diamond Crowns and, and the work they do. This is a Figurado cigar. Now, Figurado, and we're talking about the shape here, starts off at a point. And then the cigar gets bulbous and then starts to taper down to the cap where you're smoking from. So all in all, this is a 6x64 Connecticut Shade cigar. Six refers to six inches long. <laughs> Always makes fingers when I laugh. 64 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter. So 64 is a full inch around, but it only starts away. Actually, it starts almost at a point. Then opens up and then slowly tapers down a bit. You'll see this if you do find it. It's the Diamond Crown Figurado number six. Now it is a natural. It is that USA Connecticut shade wrapper with the Dominican binder and filler. And Connecticut wrappers tend to be lighter cigars. That doesn't mean it has to be a flavorless cigar. Very often, Connecticut cigar might be the way you start your morning. It's actually the way we're ending our day. And I picked them because I don't see this. I see Diamond Crown. Diamond Crown in, in, in a whole sorts of ways. Black Diamond, things that we've smoked before. But the shape of this, and not the everyday cigar, something about today, a little cool out but not cold out, just hit me uh, for this. We have just lit this cigar up. Fingers Malloy, where are you at? Okay, first of all, this screams for a, a campfire right off the bat. Uh, th there's something about... The, the, really? Oh, yeah. This I, I feel like... When we lit this, uh, I, I need a fire near me. Uh, it is a little bit of pepper. Uh, I'm also getting some almond, uh, wood, and leather, I think. And there's a creaminess to it, too. There's a lot going on with this stick. And that's one of the reasons I like it so much. I, I think people are working hard to make worthy Connecticut's. And sometimes what they're doing is they're overpowering the, 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 the Connecticut. Connecticut should not mean less flavor. It should, it should very often, for me, mean a, a, a more subtleness to the flavor. There's a wonderful thing happening here with just that bit of spice. There is a touch of nutty, and there is a touch of, of, of almost a fruit, whether that you call that a citrus, maybe a lemon, maybe it's a lemon mixed with a little bit of grass. It is a really nice, almost bright kind of, kind of flavor, kind of moment going on. Uh, to, to your palate and working in a good way. It's also creating a little bit of saliva that's working. Now, you and I, Fingers, are having different experiences because yours has lit beautifully. And if you take a look at your wrapper, your wrapper is it's a very pale brown and you can see a little bit see the leaf. You're not getting any veining in here on yours. Mine, mine's a giant mess cluster. <laughs> and I don't know why that happened, but none of it is interfering with the flavor. I couldn't describe to you, except for the shape, which is super cool, how unattractive this cigar looks. <laughs> the color of this cigar, the the how it's burning for me right now. And that's going to happen sometimes on these Figurados when you've got that, that weird shape and you're going into that, that bulbous side of it. It's going to burn a, a little odd. It's going to burn a little bit awkward. Don't let that bother you. 
enjoy that because once you get it past, once you get it to the to the to the crown of the bulbous, if you will, I don't, I don't know if that's if that's terminology. Our cigar sommelier Richard Payton over here is like, ah, oh, yeah, you, yeah, there's the, that's that's not a thing. That's not a thing. The Crown of the Bulbous sounds like a foreign film that I saw in 1987. I actually saw them open up for Train in 1996. <laughs> uh, but once you get past that, it's going to smoke beautifully because the guys at Diamond Crown absolutely positively know what they're doing. But what this has that other Connecticut's don't have is flavor. It's got lovely bits of flavor in three or four different places and the draw is just perfect yeah and it's going to be interesting to see once we pair uh this with something what flavors are drawn out more and one what flavors maybe will will take a little bit of a back seat i will say it is it does feel if you don't smoke you know this particular uh vitola that it does feel a little bit odd in the hand like i feel like my natural uh instinct is to go hold it a little bit further down by the foot than I normally yeah. would a cigar because it's just because it's heavier down there mm-hmm. and it's also remember it's 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 not coming into you larger it's go, it's it's away from you larger so you'll find yourself kind of playing with with that spot but the the whole purpose of creating a shape like this is to create a different experience overall and that is I think as a cigar smoker is something you should want you should reach for that trying those new things and those different things and trying things at different times of the day. I mean, there are people out there, they smoke their Connecticut in the morning, and they would never smoke a Connecticut in the afternoon or evening. Why not? If, if you've smoked a cigar and you're looking for one more to kind of end the day, that's not a bad idea uh, to go with. Now, now clearly, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, if you handed me a Connecticut Broadleaf right now, nice, dark, I, I love that. I absolutely love it. This is about changing it up. The Diamond Crown Figurado number six it's a six by 64 overall if you can find it now i have seen places where they have the boxes i have seen places where you can't find anything the question fingers malloy is is this cigar in your humidor now remember when you're smoking it first third second third final third get your notebook out what'd you eat that day what'd you drink that day what is the weather that day all these things are going to have a huge effect on what you think of the cigar. Do you think of this cigar at $26 a stick? Normally, that's a little steep for my humidor. Uh, that would be a price point that I would want to just get, uh, you know, I would enjoy it at a cigar lounge. But I think I would like to have one or two of these in the humidor because it's not your typical Connecticut. Uh, they're, like, you, you know, you said there's a lot going on here. There are a lot, and I'm not saying that other Connecticut's don't have lots of notes going on but i think for for me you know there's four or five things that are going on here and they're all good i think yeah maybe maybe one or two in the humidor so i've seen places where you can get it for 22 dollars a stick so we'll call it 22 to 25 22 to 26 range why don't we just call it 25 dollars and split the difference even though that's not the difference at 25 dollars, there's one or two in my humidor for the moment where it calls for it there's there's a moment you know the moment where where whatever whatever it is you've done that day you're feeling in a certain mood, and you're like, that. That's absolutely perfect. Almost as a bit of a treat. The key is to be trying new things and to expand that palette out. Now, you have yours in a V-cut, and I have a straight cut. Right, yeah. I, so as this kind of tapers down a little bit 
for me, I wanted to see if there was an, a, something that I could gain in value in the intensity of the draw. So the V-cut cuts into the cigar a little bit in that V-shape. It intensifies the draw. Fingers Molloy has a straight cut, so it, it opens up a little bit more. So I, I think that I'm, I, I might be getting a, a little more power in the draw, but I don't think it's changing so much where the flavor profile is on it. I don't think I'm getting... May, maybe you could argue that the pepper's a little more intense, that spice is a little more intense, but I'm still getting that kind of, of sweet lemon grass going on. There's a touch of nutty there. The Diamond Crown Figurado, the number six, it's an ugly color. And it, it's it's an ugly look in the way it's burning right now. Flavor solid. Hopefully it'll all work out. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow the Eat, Drink, Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. And McDonald's doing its job for me, bringing back the McRib. Yay. The amount of people who have told me that the McRib, McRib sucks and it's the worst sandwich in the world. Uh, the, the, honestly, COVID has made everybody crazy. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. So that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. I don't know why I love the McRib. I do. I love the McRib. The, the Egg McMuffin, America's Perfect Food, and the McRib. I did hear, I think we've discussed it before, that the McPlant is out. Yeah. It's their, it's their impossible burger kind of thing. McPlant. Mm-hmm. That is an awful name. That is so Feed Me Seymour. Actually, the McPlant and That's the little McPlant. little shop of horrors, people. You got, you got to know your musicals. Uh, actually, the McPlant and the McRib are made of the same material. A lot of people don't know that. So the secret's in the sauce. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, uh, I've already had a McRib. And? It was disappointing. No. Yeah. Are they making it differently? For my McRib, there was uh, not enough sauce. Because, you know, you, when you pick up the McRib, uh, the patty needs to slide around to the where you can... You, you can barely contain it in the bun because there's so much sauce. Right. Not enough sauce, and they forgot to put onion on it. And, you know, they put, like, big hunks of onion on that bad boy, and there was hardly any onion. So then it got me starting to think, wow, uh, am I always overrating this sandwich? <laughs> like, I'm looking forward to it coming out, can't wait for it to come out, it comes out, and I'm like, oh, this isn't as good as I remembered it. And then... Why didn't you take it back? It's already halfway gone before I noticed the, the, the onion. And then you know, what are you going to do? Re- return a half-eaten sandwich? There's no onion on here. Y- yes. <laughs> y- you've done that? Well, no, because I, they've never forgotten the onion. You can't have a McRib without the onion and the pickle. Can Correct. You? No, 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 no. If, if you do it without the onion and pickle, you just have slop. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I don't the know mix, if you know the difference. The McSlop would make an excellent name for a sandwich. Man, we are ruining our chances to get McDonald's as a sponsor. And I'm telling you, I love the McRib. I, I love the McRib. I will get one before they sell out. It would, and they put them back in the vault like the Disney films. They would be doing us dirty if they held this against us. We, we said we love the McRib. How much free love has McDonald's gotten from this show over the past couple of I years? I actually calculated the amount of earned media. <laughs> so, when, so when media talks about a product, uh, that, that's called earned media, with the free coverage that you get. They calculated that President Trump, when he ran for office, got $4 billion worth of uh, earned media, free media, from, from cable news networks. And so I did the calculation for McDonald's 
Forty-two bajillion dollars <laughs> is what we've given McDonald's. Yeah. In 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 free free earned media. Wendy's seventy-two cents. <laughs> so we got to really pick up our game. Yeah, especially if Wendy's social media accounts find uh, find out about this because they're savage. Wendy's social media is a reason to be on Twitter. They may be the only reason to be on Twitter. In good news, Jack Daniels deciding they're going to play a little bit more in the hey. We're a brand that's for real. Now, I'm not saying they're not for real. That's not my point. My point is people tend to dismiss it because it's Jack Daniels. It's all number seven. And they have no Jack Daniels. My wife is a huge Jack Daniels fan. Jack works. And Gentleman Jack works. We've had some of the single barrel, barrel proof Jack Daniels. That is excellent. They are releasing a Jack Daniels single barrel special release Coy Hill high proof. It will be between 1374 and 148.3 proof. Just to compare, old number seven is 80 proof. That's, I want to say that's nuts, except you and I have had 137.4 proof, Jack Daniels, and it was freaking sensational. Loved it. Absolutely. No, I, we've got to get our hands on a bottle of this stuff, particularly the the hundred and forty-eight point three proof. I mean, I just I can't. I I want to see. I want to see you drink that neat. I want to see that happen. I'll do it. I know you'll do it. I'll do it. Look, one of the things about Jack Daniels I, I think is rather distinctive, and I'm I'm not the only person who who gets this. I I, I don't believe that banana nose. Oh, I love that. It, it it just works in every single way. And Jack Daniels is the only thing my father ever uh, drank. Still alive, but the only thing he ever drank when I, that I remember him uh, in, in, in his younger days. You know, they talk about how my mother and father talk about how they met, and they met in, in, a, in a bar, and my, my mom was there with, with friends, and they were drinking. She met my father, and he's like, can I buy you a drink? And she got an apricot sour. I'm sorry? She got, she got an apricot sour. She went for the daintiest drink she could find. I'm like, that's just a cute story. But my, my, my father, Jack and Seven, uh, Jack and Ginger. Is, is what he's drinking, when he would drink. One. One, and that that was it. I mean, our liquor cabinet at home growing up was dry sack sherry. Mm-hmm. It was sherry in this, uh, it was in a burlap sack. And then there was cherry Swiss, which was like a little dessert uh, liqueur kind of thing. And then there were bottles in there, but they never drank, and it was just there, and that that's what it was. But I remember the Jack Daniels, so I do have the affinity for it, and then my wife drinks it. It just doesn't make me think of my father, thank goodness. Uh well, you're making me have flashbacks to what the liquor cabinet was like at my parents' house growing up. And, uh, you know, my mom used to drink Galliano and she would drink Kahlua, not together. Uh, but my dad, and I, I've never understood this uh, because it is definitely not my thing. He used to drink his favorite drink. He would go to the bar for happy hour and have Southern Comfort Manhattans up. Wait. Southern Comfort Manhattan up. up. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it, you talk about sweetest of the sweet. I mean, you're, you're throwing sweet vermouth in uh, Southern Comfort, which is sweet to begin with. Uh, but, you know, there was Southern Comfort in the, in, in the liquor cabinet all the time. And, oh, good Lord. Do, I, they, do people still drink SoCo? Because that, that, that was certainly big when I, I was young. It was there. It was always on the bar. I never, never, ever found any enjoyment in Southern Comfort 
at all. When's the last time you had Southern Comfort? You were a bartender for a while. Uh, yeah, I would never have it. I, I had it. Last time I had it was, <laughs> was my, ba- my bachelor party. I'd rather be dead. <laughs> oh, really? Your bachelor party? Dad came to the bachelor party. We went oh, golfing. That's not a bachelor party. What? When your dad's there? Well, dad cuts out at a certain point. We The, the, the bachelor party was golfing. Uh, in the morning, come back to the house, a keg, a beer, uh, a grill, you know, and then people brought their own liquor, and he brought a fifth of Southern Comfort, and we were passing it around, and oh, good Lord, last time, last time I've had Southern Comfort. Well, you? You? I, I did not have a bachelor party. I didn't. Oh. I, I, I didn't have one. But what about the Southern Comfort? Last time I had Southern Comfort, it's been 20 years. Okay. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it being... 30 years. <laughs> I don't remember anything good about it. But a Southern Comfort Manhattan, that that doesn't, that does not make the tum-tum feel good. No. Like, just the thought of it. Like, that's just, I, I don't know. That, that There's almost gag reflex going on with that idea. Yeah, I should put together a video uh, in honor of uh, Fingers Malloy Sr. And, and make one for uh, the Eat, Drink, Smoke website. I, think, it- I think we're going to have to make one for the show, and I'm going to have to try it on air. Oh, that's a good idea. Drinks you shouldn't drink. <laughs> Drinks that get you in big trouble. No, well, only because you might puke. <laughs> you're not going to get drunk on that. You're not going to finish the drink. But you're going to, I assume you're going to feel it. Am I wrong? If, if you drink SoCo Manhattans up, let us know. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Another day, another going after tobacco products that will eventually lead to people going after cigars. And that just drives me crazy. Tea, drink, smoke, everybody. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, Oregon. Pay attention, KXL. Good to be with you, by the way. Oregon, Washington County, which is right outside Portland, right? Yes. Okay. To the west. Uh, the Board of County Commissioners voting three to two. To prohibit retail sales of flavored tobacco products, including menthol cigarettes and vape pens. So this is about the idea of young people using vape. And you're not going to get me to disagree. Uh, People who are under the age of 18 should not be vaping. And I know people are going to say, well, what about 21? I'm going to say to you, look, uh, I think the age of adulthood is 18 personally. And I think that's where the law should be geared, but I know that they've moved things to 21, and I know that they, they, they've, they've made what I consider to be a real mistake because it's so funny that people want to push you to be older and older to do these things, yet sometimes we'll hear people, because remember, this is all political. They're not, they're, they're, you're not going to get me to disagree that we shouldn't aim these things towards kids, but there are plenty of adults who vape, and there are plenty of adults who want a flavor when they vape, and they should be allowed to do so. So I disagree with these kinds of rulings. But when we talk about it politically, because people very often make these kinds of decisions because it'll look good to a constituency, well, they're also sometimes the same people who want to reduce the voting age to 16, <laughs> and then my head explodes. I don't know, I do not know what to do with that. I have often used the line that you could do far more damage with a vote than you can with a vape pen. Yeah. And people are like, what did you say? And I'm like, look at history, read a book, get back to me. <laughs> no, this drives me absolutely crazy, the, the war on vaping. And it, you know, again, you already said it. We're not talking about, uh, you know, children, you know, kids on, you know, under 18 vaping. I, I've got a friend. I've brought it up before. Mutual friend of ours, Tracy. 
she used to be a production assistant in Hollywood, and they have a schedule where, where they get up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, and it's nonstop until after midnight. No sleep and, till Brooklyn. Yep, and it's a constant diet of coffee and cigarettes. She was smoking while she was working on some of these films that she was uh, you know, in, involved in three packs of cigarettes a day. That's not healthy. No, of course it's not healthy. And she tried everything to quit, and what got her to finally quit was vaping. And she she started vaping, and she quit cold turkey. And she's an adult, and she should be able to, you know, get her vaping products, whether it's flavored or not, and be happy that she quit smoking. And we shouldn't be stepping... Uh, in her way to, to to buy that product. It drives me absolutely crazy. You go after retailers that are selling this to kids. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. To ban it altogether drives me absolutely And nuts. to be clear, we mean go after them. I have no problem with it, but I will tell you that on the other side of that, I am one of the few people I know of who is opposed to the idea that a a, a cashier at a convenience store, or whatever the case may be, has to be the person checking IDs. Yeah. There's something very odd about creating rules that say you, 18 year old at the ca- cashier, could be a 42 year old. You, a person who is not an agent of the government, have to check someone's identification to see if they could be sold this product. That seems like a way too much pressure. And they do something wrong or they don't catch the fake ID because all of a sudden, you know, you expect them to have a little portable crime lab with them. Yeah. You know, they got black light. You've got a running a marker over things. And then if something goes wrong, they get fined. I've always thought that to be a very, very purposeful, ugly, unfair system. It is an unfair system. And it's apples and oranges. But, you know, I was a bartender for years. Before I was a bartender, I was a bar back. And before I was a bar back, I was at the door checking IDs. And what a horrible job it is to try to check someone's ID and then argue with them. You're like, okay, this clearly isn't you. Right. And, and you're, you're stuck. Unless she was hot. Fingers? No, that, that never happened. I'm a, I'm a professional, Tony, whether it's uh, manning the, the, the door at a bar or being a co-host of Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's nothing but professionalism. I would never do such a thing. I would never let a really hot blonde uh, walk in who may have been 19 but said she was 21. That never would have happened. Do you have a thing for blondes? Like, is blonde your thing? Because I got to tell you, I, 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 I don't. No. A blonde or brunette or redhead. I, I, my kids ask me, do I have a type? Do I have a, And I'm like, well, have you seen your mom? Because that seems to work for me pretty good. Do I have a type? No, I, uh, I, I, I don't. And 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 I, and I almost ask myself, wait, do I want to answer this question? Because if I answer this question, am I sending them down a path, or do I? Am I better off saying, no, 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 I don't have a type. It's just a question of who you like. You can like all different types of people with all different kinds of looks. It's totally fine, and that's a more healthy thing to do. So I had to ask myself, what is the answer here that you give your kid about? Uh, what kind of type because I don't I, I, I never lie I won't lie to my kids but it doesn't mean that there's an answer that you know well I like this but you could like something else and so maybe that's it it was it, it was so funny the little dance I did in my head to try and figure out what's the answer that best creates a healthy child yeah. well I mean you like what you like and you what you like may change over time you know back in the day when I was 
you know, at the at the the door, you know, people would be walking in. It would be blondes with uh, about six cans of hairspray teased up in the air, like they were going to a poison concert, and maybe they were just coming back from a poison concert. Now, obviously, that kind of look now probably wouldn't be my thing. So. I don't know. I, I don't know if I really have a type. I love those memes that are going around social media, and it shows all the girls from from the '80s with the giant hair and the, <laughs> the four cans of Aquanet. There was one that they put out. It, it was 24 different uh, high schoolers, I guess it was their high school uh, yearbook photo. Mm-hmm. 24 of them, and I, and I wrote back. I went to high school with every single one of these girls. <laughs> every single one. Um, but I'm telling you right now, people, you know, I, I hairspray my hair. Yes. You've, you've gone full, like, full shaved head. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's freaking me out because, you know, Fingers has a mohawk. And he went full shaved head. How did, why? What happened? Uh, it was just easier. I was in a hurry. And rather than telling the person cutting my hair, can you make the mohawk look really you good? You paid like, somebody to do that? Of course. Took three minutes. Out the door. Gone. One Floby. You'll be saving money for a lifetime. I don't know what that is. You don't know what the Floby is? No. The Floby was the haircutting tool that you put at the end of a vacuum cleaner. Oh, stop. Oh, my gosh. It had, it had the blades, and then you could give yourself your own haircut. Did Billy Mays sell it? I, he might have, rest <laughs> his soul. Did you seriously never hear of the Floby? Was that only no. an East Coast thing? I'm sure it probably was. It probably was sold with the, the Bay City Slider or whatever, the, the, the ShamWow. Uh, the ShamWow works. Let me tell you, Vince knows what he's talking about. The ShamWow works, and so does OxyClean. Two great possible sponsors of the E3 <laughs> Smoke Radio Show. Are you kidding? Those things are amazing. So have you seen the Floby in action? No, 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 no. We we didn't own one. We 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 leased one. We right. an option to buy. Well, and then we rented it back to ourselves, so we were able to get the deduction. <laughs> My father was always thinking, <laughs> if you want something great for the holidays, you can get the Floby, or you can get the Giza Dream bed sheets from My Pillow, which will be there for the holidays. A gift you can actually rely on, and especially, especially. With the deal, when you go to MyPillow.com and you use promo code TONY, for a limited time, it's buy one, get one on any Giza Dream sheets. That's buy one, get one free. The world's best cotton. It's in a variety of colors. Mine are blue. Uh, Machine washable. 60-day money-back guarantee. One-year limited warranty. They are fantastic. They do feel different. They do have this wonderful, wonderful soft feel. They're breathable. Keeps the bed cool, in, in my view. I love it. And you can get discounts on the, the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow towel sets, which I also use. Go to MyPillow.com. Get yourself the Giza Dream bed sheets. Buy one, get one free. That's what you want to do. You want to go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Tony. MyPillow.com. Promo code Tony. T-O-N-Y. MyPillow.com. Promo code Tony. This Figurado from Diamond Crown. The Connecticut. It's a lovely smoke, man. But what are we going to pair it with? We're going old school on the bourbon. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. So I wanted to go with a classic on the bourbon. I wanted something that would pair with this diamond crown that we are smoking here. The Figurado 6x64, that Connecticut wrapper, but it's got lovely bits of wood 
and some it's almost like a, a citrus going with a grass and a little bit of pepper, a little bit of nutty. It's creamy all the way around. This this Connecticut wrapper is just working great for an early evening. And I wanted something that brought about big oak, but the more we were smoking and the more we were like, what do we want to pair this with? We still wanted old school, but maybe it needed a little bit more. So we went to the classic, one of Fingers Malloy's personal favorites. It's the old granddad. 114. Eat, drink, smoke, everybody, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, old granddad. And the 114 tells the story. It is 114 proof. Anything over 100 proof gets some applause from Fingers Malloy. 63% corn, 27% rye, and 10% on the malted barley. That's the mash bill. And of course, to be bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn in that first use charred oak barrel. That's the way it's got to be. Can only be diluted with water to bring down the proof. Has to go into the bottle at at least 80 proof. And this far exceeds that. Old Granddad for the dollar is terrific. Absolutely terrific. But yet, I really felt that the cigar was going to work with it, but I was, I was, I was thinking fingers. We needed something in that oaky place, and and the old granddad's a little less on the oaky and a little bit more in some of those sugar esque kind of sweets. Yeah, and it it. But I, I will say this about it. Uh, listen, I love it, and oh oh, you should have seen that Tony's freaking face. nose is stunning. But this bourbon is not for everyone. I mean, clearly, when you start getting into... Communists. <laughs> it's not for communists. Yeah, it's over 100 proof. We're looking at 114 proof. Uh, the, the nose is great, uh, but it's not something that you're going to hand someone who has never had any bourbon before and isn't necessarily the type of person that would drink uh, whiskey straight and say, oh, you got... Let me introduce you to bourbon. I don't think this is the bourbon. <laughs> no, no, you might want to go a little bit lower than this. But a lot of people consider that 27% rye, uh, like, like you, you know, look, if it was over 50% rye, it would be a rye whiskey. And I'm a huge fan of rye whiskeys. And maybe that's why I'm attracted to it. Because people would consider that 27% rye in the mash bill as, as a kind of high content. The mash bill, what are the grains that come together in order to make the juice, the, the, the whiskey, the bourbon, the whatever the case may, may, may be. Um, but it may, I think it's one of the reasons why I'm so attracted to it. But that that nose has just a, a little touch of, the, of heat and all about that brown sugar. And for me, I always feel that there's a bit of of oak that comes along with that. It's just to me, just a, a, it used to be an overwhelming nose. Now it's one of the most pleasant noses out there. And what's odd about it is, you know, you you've called it ethanol before alcohol, you know, that alcohol smell. It. it Listen, it's 114 proof, but on the nose, it it's like a heat. It's 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 a very strange sensation on the nose. It's it's just wonderful. The the, the sweetness of the the brown sugar and that 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 little bit of heat. To me, it's why it's one of my favorite bourbons. And in 120 seconds, he'll tell you really why it's one of his favorite bourbons. We start it neat. This is a a, a solid amber color. Uh, right here, uh, a toucher towards the pale than some of the other things that we have done. Uh, we do this in a Glencairn glass, right? It kind of bows out a little bit, then 
comes back in, so you can really swirl it around. It's got a touch of good viscosity, sticking to the glass a little bit, not necessarily syrupy by any stretch of the imagination. Fingers, Malloy, you ready to do this? Tony, I've been ready to do this all day. Fingers, Malloy, we'll do it neat, move it around uh, the palate there, let you know where he's at. He drank it all in one shot. <laughs> drank it with a crazy straw. Did Fingers, Malloy. Oh, he's just so happy. Oh, it's like going so, back to the well, baby. Oh, it's so wonderful. There's a little bit of a fruity note to it, but I can't put my finger on exactly what that fruit is. Uh, and then the, the brown sugar, uh, maybe a hint of cinnamon, a little bit of sting on the tongue. But I'm not going to tell you that there's no warmth going down, It's but it's a gentle warmth in the chest. It's not... It's not going to... It's a subtle it, burning yes. sensation. <laughs> to me, it doesn't burn going down. I Listen, I'm a big fan of this, and the reason why I'm a big fan of it is because of what I just said, and we'll get to the value of Old Granddad 114. 60 seconds second. to go. Allow me. The Old Granddad 114. He's going in. He's doing the Chattanooga Chomp. It is the Savannah Swish. <laughs> First, of course, there's a sting on the tongue. You feel that mm -hmm. throughout the tongue. You actually feel a little bit in the back of the throat. The heat is not for me right now. Yeah, there it is. A little, a bottom, <laughs> bottom of the chest. Bottom of the chest. But, it, you know, it's so interesting. If you go back to the first time we tried this, and, and now we're able to pick up more because we've been doing this more, and it is fruitier. There's actually a weird touch of... Of, of chocolate going on for me mm -hmm. right now. Um, uh, a little bit of that, that candy kind of kind of feel. But there will be no going to a cube for this. It's a little cool where we are at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com in Indianapolis. It's working great. It works, man. It works. It is fruitier than I remember. That much is for sure because you're not getting an oak on the palate. But at $30 a bottle, Fingers oh. Malloy. Yeah. And that's why it's one of Fingers all time. Oh, again, with the applause. It's, one, it's why it's one of your favorites. Absolutely. And you can find it for $25 a bottle in some places. I mean, look, I know people are screaming at the radio right now. Oh, my goodness. There are so many uh, different choices you can make to say it's one of your favorite bourbons. Why would you say one granddad, old granddad 114? And so much of you know the way I look at a review is based on value. And to have a bourbon this good at that price... This is always, always in my liquor cabinet. Yeah, mine as well. Mine as well. It sits on top of the liquor cabinet. I'm in the market for a new bar, by the way. Oh? I am. I'm in the market for some. I, I, there's a style that I'm looking for, a mid-century kind of bar. I'm actually thinking of having one built because I can't find what I'm looking for. Well, I did see a mid-century-esque Traeger grill that doubles as a bar. No, no, no. The, the grill is happening. I just got to go out and, and get it. I'm doing the wood pellet. That's that. I think that's done. Please don't don't confuse me with anything else. I hate you so much. You're such a low life on the grill. Uh, but the old granddad works. The old granddad works in all weather. It works for all occasions. It just is solid. But I I, I don't know why in my head, and I, I'll have to go back and check. We've reviewed it before. What I've really changed, and and what we would change about the review. For some reason, I always felt it had more oak, but not, no, 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 no. So a good bit of 
sweet and 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 that rye kind of punch. Well, that's what's fun about revisiting something that we tried a year ago, two years ago, as far as reviewing it to see if your palate has changed, uh, see if the environment changes. I usually go to a cube on a lot of my uh, bourbon, but for this, because of the weather and everything and the chill in the air, I don't want anything in this, not even a, a couple drops of cold water. I want it neat. You want it neat? Yes. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want anything in it. I want it to do exactly what it's doing right now. The old granddad 114. Yeah. Yeah, this this should be in your liquor cabinet. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. There is no end to the shortages, and I wish we could go a show without talking about the shortages. But there's no end to the shortages. And when the show is named Eat Drink Smoke and the supermarket shelves are sometimes empty. I think we have to talk about it. Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz and America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Instagram, Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast. The supply chain, the ports, nothing has gotten better. My sources tell me things have gotten worse and will continue to get worse as the inflationary pressure continues. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if we haven't said Merry Christmas (laughs) and a Happy Hanukkah. For those who celebrate. So uh, stores are seeing new shortages. And one of those shortages is sandwich fixings. So if you go to uh, your local sandwich shop, uh, maybe no mayo, maybe no avocado, maybe no mozzarella cheese. Remember, they're not going to your local supermarket to get it. They're getting it from supply houses because they're paying too much at a store to make it valuable for them, you know, as, as, as they're selling it. But this is everywhere in your stores. And we're seeing it mostly in, in the paper goods, but pasta sauce. There are states that have almost no stock of marinara. Yeah, well, one of the problems, and I'm, I'm just guessing here, uh, I'm speculating. We've heard, you know, that there's an aluminum shortage. So with, with canned goods, you can see a shortage of that. But, you know, there's also a glass shortage. And what does pasta sauce come in? It comes in glass. Right. So that may be one of the reasons, along with a number of other reasons that we've already discussed about why there are these shortages. Locally here in Indianapolis, I know the owner of a spice shop called Artisanos. Nice guy. Dave, nice, nice dude. And he was discussing the problems of getting in spices, coriander, oregano, things like that that he sells a higher grade of. So first, he's having trouble getting his spices in. Like, spices you want for Christmas. Cinnamon, baking spice. Nutmeg. Nutmeg, those kinds of, of things. Second, he doesn't have the jars to put them in. Now, if you're selling spices and you can't get the jars, right? You want them in different sizes. They're different price points. And people want what they want. And they, or they do a lot of baking, a little bit of baking, etc. So you want that. Okay, you can kind of mess around with that because you can use a plastic bag. Yeah. It's not ideal to buy your spice in a Ziploc bag. That's usually left for a street corner when you're buying a whole different kind of herb. Wait, was that, was that subtle yes. enough? From, from your street pharmacist. Right. From your street pharmacist, Vinny. <laughs> but he also sells one of his big sellers, Oil, olive oils. Oh, boy. There are no glass bottles. There are no containers. What in the world are you supposed to do? 
I'm hearing in the cigar world, and we've talked about this before, this is a new one, that the cigar manufacturers are asking you to take the cigars in 100-count boxes. They can't get the nice decorator boxes oh. that you see at your local cigar lounge, and then, you know some people buy them and they, they keep them in the house for, for trinkets, or they decorate with them, whatever the case may be. So they're sending it to the people, to, to cigar lounges, in 100-count boxes. Now... First, that may change the stock that you have, and you know how the, the purchasing goes and, and how you move through certain products. So you got to adjust for that. You're ordering less often because you're getting more of it. Now you're holding on to it. You have to change the price point to get it to move a little bit faster because you don't want anything to go wrong, and you, you don't want it to just sit there. And then you're losing out on a certain level of presentation. Right. And there's, there, from some, there's no discount. There's no discount uh, when you don't get the packaging. Well, then it also makes you wonder if there are going to be some shops that will just altogether not order certain cigars because they, they know it'll take them forever to go through 100. You know, maybe they would order just 20, and, and all of a sudden they were like, well, you can only order 100. They may hold off on ordering that particular cigar altogether. But didn't you mention a couple of weeks ago that uh, one of the issues that cigar... Uh, brands are having right now is is a shortage of cellophane. Cellophane's a big one. And that's how they do a lot of the shipping, just to give it a little bit of extra protection. And there's a whole debate about whether or not when you get your cigar home, you should take it out of the cellophane before it goes in your humidor. And many people, uh, like uh, Fingers Malloy, uses a Case Elegance humidor, caseelegance.com. You can use coupon code EDS for Eat, Drink, Smoke. And you will get free monogramming. And the humidors are, are great. They're solid. They hold the humidity. You're happy, fingers? Oh, very happy. So caseelegance.com. Caseelegance.com. Use coupon code EDS for Eat, Drink, Smoke. Use that coupon code EDS for Eat, Drink, Smoke. And you will get free monogramming on your humidor. It'll, it'll look uh, fantastic. I don't think it necessarily matters. But uh, lately, I've been having this conversation and people are very, very serious. You got to take it out of the cellophane. Really? You got to let the humidity really, really get to it. Maybe my problem is I don't store cigars for that long, but I did just buy a box of the Chef's Blend from Davidoff. I did buy a box of the U-Boats from, from Steve Sock and Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust, which is a thing we're going to do a whole event with, which I've been holding off on, but I, I will get to it and announce how you have a chance to smoke with fingers and myself, and I'll talk about what's happening with that. Uh, but I, whether whether you do or you don't, not being able to ship it in the cellophane can have an effect on the cigars, and that's and that's a problem in shipping. It goes through temperature changes and everything else. This this could create some very very large issues. Also, not on the shelves, according to Trader Joe's, canned pumpkin. It's 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 November. And I don't know about you, Fingers Malloy, November is the season of pumpkin. That's what I'm told. There goes lunch tomorrow. I know. Big big can of pumpkin. Right out of the can, some baby. Some Fritos <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a liter of Diet Pepsi. <laughs> With a mint julep chaser. Should we play America's Favorite Game? Oh, good Lord. It's time to play America's Favorite Game, everybody. It is What Did Fingers Eat Today? Here's how we play. We ask Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? He tells us what he ate today. And then we ask Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? So Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? 
started off this morning with two donuts, uh, one chocolate iced with peanuts on it. The other one was a blueberry cake donut uh, with... For a, the fruit. Yes. 32-ounce uh, coffee with that. Uh, and then I also, at the gas station, bought a liter of Diet Pepsi. For lunch, I had uh, some Nutty Buddies and uh, two chocolate... I believe they were Mrs. Freshly's cupcakes. Uh, and then uh, before I uh, you know, got to the... Uh, the radio show, uh, the McRib sandwich with fries and a, a diet Pepsi and or diet Coke, excuse me. And that's it. No McFlurry. No McFlurry. No. Oh, look at you taking care of yourself. Fingers Malloy. You eat so disgusting. It's so gross. How are you still alive? Uh, I did some hot yoga this morning. I feel fantastic. Did you do hot goat yoga? <laughs> All sweaty, and you got a goat. Climbing on you. <laughs> That's a sheep. What, what, that, that was a sheep. That was a sheep. Uh, uh, also on the list of things that you're not finding in stores, turkey and cream cheese. Seems like a problem for Thanksgiving. Seems like a giant problem all the way around. Guys, this, is, this affects all of us. And I don't care what anybody says. There is no magic fix. We're a year out from the shortages being fixed because of truckers and ports and a whole series of things. It's going to take a year to work this out. Just something you got to prepare for. Be inventive. Make changes. Best, best advice I can give. And, and get your cigars in order. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts, too. And you guessed it, Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke. So the saga of Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, has COVID, won't be able to play. It's a new era in Green Bay. The question is, did he tell his team he was vaccinated? Because it seems that he told people he was immunized. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget to go to EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Check out the videos. Check out the reviews. Everything we have going on. All right, Fingers, you are our football guy. By the way, how are the Detroit Lions doing? As expected. Uh, they, they haven't won yet, have they? They've won in our hearts. Oh. That's all that matters. Uh, n- not, not according uh, to those people who are fans. Uh, uh, I think they lost 58-4 uh, to four last week. Is that right? Oh, something like that. Maybe not four. I think, yeah. Honestly, I think it was like 42-6. to six. It was a great performance. Talk to me about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, it's really strange because, uh, you know, first of all, you have to go back to training camp, and there was all this talk whether or not he was going to actually show up and how he maybe wanted to trade, and there was all this drama leading up to the beginning of the season, and then he shows up and he has his uh, state of the the franchise press conference where he pretty much burns the, 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 the Packers down, the whole organization down rhetorically. Uh, and he's asked in August uh, about the COVID-19 vaccine. And according to CNN, Rogers said that he had been immunized. So he told the press that he had been immunized. That, was that his exact words? Yes, that he had been immunized. Now, what's interesting about this is if you have not had the COVID-19 vaccine, you're playing in the NFL, there's a certain, there are, there are protocols in place. Uh, when you meet with the media, for instance, you have to be masked. Uh, you have to be masked in the facility. 
uh, the whole time you're in the facility. And he was walking around without a mask on. In fact, uh, the USA Today reports uh, Rogers watched all three of the team's preseason games in street clothes without a mask on the sidelines. Um, and Albert Breer of uh, Monday Morning Quarterback tweeted out that he checked on whether Packers QB Aaron Rodgers was in violation of COVID-19 protocols by talking to the media unmasked, uh, was referred back to rules that unvaccinated players must be masked at all times inside team facilities, which includes press conferences. So the answer is yes. So he had been breaking COVID-19 protocols because apparently he had not been vaccinated. But the question is, and what I can't figure out is, why would the Packers go along with this? They must not have known. But you would think that there would be, it's the NFL, and they have been quite adamant that they wanted all the players to be vaccinated. I can't believe they would just take his word. So the Packers asked him, are you vaccinated? And he said, sure. And they never said, okay, we, we need a copy of your vaccine card. I'm This is not me making a, a, a case for vaccine cards by any stretch of the imagination. I just want to make sure I understand what happened here. They took his word for it as opposed to getting the, the proof of it? Listen, everything at this point, because this is all you know breaking news, uh, there, there hasn't been enough time, I guess, to dig into this. It, it, apparently, reporters just took his word for it in August, and I really don't know how much the, the, that sports media could really investigate to find out if he had been vaccinated or not. He just said he had been immunized. And if you watch his behavior on the sidelines, if he's not masked, he's, if he's in street clothes on the sidelines during the preseason games, if he's meeting with the media, uh, you know, normally they would have unvaccinated players uh, you know, meet the media via Zoom and you know, there'd be you know, masks in different parts of the facility where the media would see the player who's unvaccinated, he didn't follow any of these protocols. So I guess the question has to be asked, did he lie to the Packers or did the Packers know about it and just let him get away with it? And I find that very hard to believe because there are serious ramifications if you break COVID-19 protocol in the NFL. If you, you know, we often talk about one of the unique things about the NFL is that They've got zero tolerance for this and zero tolerance for that unless you're making us money, in which case we've got a lot of tolerance. Remember that for the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry is out with that foot injury. Who'd they bring in? Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Who had his own issues with it was with it was a girlfriend or was it with a kid? I believe it was with a kid. With a kid and, and, and abuse and 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 maybe there were that, that story was different than how it got reported. But we've seen this time and time again. You see Antonio Brown on, on, on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and, and Richard Sherman and the allegations against him. There's a story that Deshaun Watson, with all the allegations against him regarding it was a sexual abuse or sexual assault, he could still get signed. The uh, quarterback there with, with uh, the, Texas, uh, the, the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they allow a lot of weird things. You can lie to your team and still be in the NFL? It's just so strange. A person uh, familiar with the situation, according to the USA Today, uh, said that Rodgers had followed requirements that non-vaccinated players receive daily testing for COVID-19. But it is uh, unclear whether he had traveled separately to games and if he had uh, abstained from partaking in meals with teammates 
both are additional requirements for those who are not vaccinated. So it looks like he followed some of the COVID-19 protocols, but not all of them. But again, you, I can't believe the Packers would let him get away with this. They had to have known. I mean, why would he be getting tested every day? I Wait, he was getting tested every day? Yes. Well, that would make the argument that they they right that that kind of does lead to the argument that they did know. Look, I I I think this is a a binary conversation. Then, as you explain it, fingers. If they knew and they were testing him every day, well, then that's that. They were testing him every day. They knew what his story was. He had COVID. He's going to miss a game, and that's the way it is. If they did not know, if they if they were under the assumption based on his commentary that he was vaccinated and he wasn't, and he said otherwise, well, then, holy hell, let open the floodgates. Well, not only does it open floodgates for that, but also you got to think about how does this play in a locker room where you have other unvaccinated players who are following the protocols to the T and are expected to, but Aaron Rodgers gets special treatment where he doesn't have to wear a mask on the sidelines. It, it, he, he meets with the media without a mask on. I don't think that plays very well. I think that, you know, they, everyone understands that quarterbacks are treated differently, especially franchise quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks who will are first ballot Hall of Famers. But, man, if you're a player uh, who, who is going through all these protocols and you see someone just stick their middle finger up in the air at him and does whatever he wants, I don't know how that plays in the locker room. I, that, no, there's a whole other conversation I hadn't even considered how it plays in the locker room with, 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 with other players. I, I, you know, we don't get political on the show, but uh, allow me this, this moment. There's something so ugly about the idea that people feel they, and, and again, I could, I could be proven wrong when it comes to the situation with Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about it in a more general sense, where people they have to feel they have to fake it. There have been people uh, who have been charged with making fake vaccine cards, having fake vaccine cards. Man, it's a weird thing for a society like ours in the United States of America to have this. That's the kind of stuff you hear in third world. That's the kind of stuff you hear in, in very oppressive societies that you got to have your, your paperwork in order, you know, papers please kind of thing. And when you're in a society that has to fake paperwork in order to work, I, th- there's something very unsettling about that, man. So, but but I think you you have called it. If he gets special treatment that other players don't get, that is not right. He could face up to uh, a four game suspension for this. So you now you're jeopardizing a, a team Super Bowl run because of you know what I mean. It's, it's bigger than that. You, you if he lied, I, I, I openly lied, you got to throw him off the team. You got goodbye. How do you look the other players in the face? The team enabled it though. Apparently. Well, all right. All right, we're going to dig into this. We'll, we'll have the follow-up. The old granddad 114, the Diamond Crown Figurado. Connecticut, oh, that cigar is wonderful. That bourbon is wonderful. Go to eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Get the podcast. Subscribe on all the podcast platforms. We are everywhere. And, of course, mypillow.com, promo code Tony. Get those Christmas gifts and Hanukkah gifts now. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.